So this morning, we're going to talk about an event. It's a grand event. Jesus exhibits some power. He has a conversation. And an entire town united comes out to see him. And we're going to talk about that today. But it's not what you think. Matthew 8, 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Okay. This is not to be confused with the, the demon possessed of the Gadarenes. This is the Gergesenes. Gergesenes, okay? Not the Gadarenes. Here, <laughs> unlike there, here there are two possessed of demons. It's funny how the demons just kind of sort of always migrate towards the graveyards, migrate towards the tombs, migrate towards where the dead people are. It's interesting. There are two possessed with demons. They come out from among the tombs, and they are fierce. They are ready to fight. They kept all from going that way. Two men kept everyone from going that way they're demon-possessed. Do you understand that? demon Possessed, and they kept anyone and everyone, it says all, from going that way. Two men. Matthew 8, 29. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? There's so very much here. The writer says, Behold. So the writer is writing, and he decides to say, Behold, meaning, look at this, see this, this is amazing. He says, Behold. They cried out, the men that were demon-possessed, the demons that possessed them, cried out to Jesus. Now, please notice, Jesus didn't say anything to them. Jesus didn't call them out. They called out to Jesus. They cried out to Jesus. They recognized him from afar off. They said, Jesus, what have we to do with thee, thou son of God? It's fascinating. He hasn't spoke to him. He hasn't even acknowledged them yet. And they are crying out to him from afar, what have we to do with thee? They recognize God. So the writer puts, behold. The writer was amazed. He wanted this to be brought to your attention. He wants it to be special to you. He wants you to see it for what it is that the demons cried out. And they knew Jesus, before Jesus ever spoke to them, before he acknowledged them, before he identified himself to them, they knew him. The demons recognized Jesus and they called him by name and by position. By name, what have we do to do with thee, Jesus? 
and by position, his title, his office, thou son of God. The demons knew Jesus. The people saw the miracles and they believed in Jesus. Yet the religious elite, the ones who were challenged by Jesus, they refused to see that he was of God. The leaders who were supposed to lead, who were supposed to help the people find a more personal relationship with God, they failed to see God, but the demons, the devils, and the people all saw him, and they saw God in him. Think about that. So the demons cried out, Art thou come to torment us before the time? Now this is fascinating. It really is. For the demons knew their fate. They know there's a time coming when they're going to be judged. They know this. Not only do they know it, but apparently they have some idea of when it's going to happen. So they know that there is coming a time of, time of judgment, and they know that that time is not here yet, so they have an understanding of when it's going to happen. They also knew the rules. And this is most interesting. They know the rules. They know they would be tormented at the time. But this is not the time, and they knew that. They knew this is not the time. They knew that Jesus played by God's rules, for he is God, and he must operate within the very system he set up. Therefore, it's not the time yet they knew that. They knew he was God. They called out to him. They said, what have we to do with thee? They knew there's a time of judgment. They know it. They know that time is not yet, but they know God is going to judge them. It's fascinating. This really brings to mind what James says in 2.19. Thou believest, James is talking to the church, and he says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. The demons in this account right here are afraid of Jesus. They recognize him as their judge, as having authority over him, and they fear and they tremble before him. The devils, the demons fear and tremble before God. James, the brother of Jesus, says the same thing in this account, in this verse, James 2.19, that the devils also believe there is one God and they tremble. That they know there is one God, they fear him, they tremble before him, yet James uses this as a way to provoke and prod the Christians who claim to know Jesus but don't do anything for him. The devils fear and tremble. The Christians who say they know Jesus are blase and flippant about their relationship with him. Think about that. The demons know they're going to get judged. They're going to get cast into the lake of fire. They know this. And they fear and tremble when Jesus comes up. Man sits there and goes, huh, he ain't going to do that to me. Maybe we ought to be a little bit more like the demons, don't you think? Maybe we ought to have a little more fear, respect, and all. The Christian says, yeah, I know Jesus. 
So James says, okay, what are you doing for him? Even the devils know and tremble. Knowing him, telling me you know him, does not make you his. Where are your works? Where is your fruit? Show it. You are grafted into the family. Are you bearing the fruit of Christ? Because even the devils fear and tremble. Even the demons fear and tremble, knowing a day of judgment has come. But are you acknowledging that? Take an example from the demons here. The demons fear and tremble. But for you to be known of God and for you to be known of God and for you to know God, there must be fruit. There must be works to back up your statement. We were not called to bury our talents in the earth. We were called to increase the family of Christ. Even the demons fear and tremble. Matthew 8.30 And there was a good way off from them unheard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. Now, oh, this, this, this. A good way off there is a herd of swine. Not the most interesting thing in these two verses, that there's a herd of swine outside a Jewish town, which they were forbidden. It's not, not the most interesting thing, no. The swine are peripheral at best. Now, what is the most interesting is that the demons asked a petition of Jesus. The demons asked a petition of God. What do we call a petition? Prayer. That's right. We call a petition a petition prayer. They asked a petition of him. And he heard them. Not only did he get asked a petition, not only did he hear the demons, he let them. He answered them. He didn't just say, go away. No, no, no. He said, go. He answered their petition. If he answers the demons' petition to further his will and his word, how much will he answer ours? Man, this is an interesting account. This whole out, this whole out encounter is absolutely amazing. The demons know him. They call out to him. They acknowledge they have a time of judgment coming, and they make a petition of him. They interact personally with God himself right there. And if the demons can do it, how much more so can the Christians do it? And if the demons fear and tremble, how much more so should the Christians fear and tremble? If ever you were thoroughly fascinated by the Bible, this is the time right here. It's fascinating stuff. Matthew 8, 32. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Two men had these demons in them, and they were fierce, and they were ready to fight. They stopped all men from passing that way. Two men 
had these demons, and it made them want to fight, made them fierce, made them violent. Yet when those demons go into the swine, the herd cannot handle the presence of the demons. They push on to the ocean, and they commit suicide. A whole herd of swine commits suicide to get away from the demons. The men lived with the demons in them and were violent and fierce and opposed all who tried to pass that way. The pigs ran down to the ocean and drowned themselves rather than have that evil in them. If ever you think the, de the devil, demons, or possession is not a bad thing, not real, or what have you, think again. Jesus sent, two, sent these demons out of the two men. Jesus sent them out. Allowed them to go into the swine. The two men are now okay. But that herd of swine with those demons that were in two men, and this whole herd can't handle, doesn't want to handle, those demons. Think about that. Those swine chose death over the demon possessions. The men did. But the swine did. Those swine chose death over than having the evil in them. I can't say it any more ways than that. Matthew 8, 33. And they that kept them fled, the ones that kept the herd, they fled and went their way into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. So they that kept the swine, the herders, the shepherds, the flocks, whatever you want to call them, they went into the city and they told them all that had happened. Just like the lady at the well went out and told everybody, Come and see the man who told me all that I'd ever done. These men went into the city and they told everybody what had gone on. Told them of how the two men were healed of the possession of the demons talking to this man Jesus. And of the demons going into the herds and the herds running into the ocean to be rid of the evil. They went into town and they testified of what they saw. They testified of who they saw. They testified of the power of the two men that had stopped things for so long coming to Jesus and getting changed lives. They testified to the city about it. What did the city do? Well, let's find out. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. <laughs> now, I know this is not a long passage that we're looking at, but there is so much here to unpack. I mean, seriously, this is a fascinating couple of verses. He came to an area where two demon-possessed men were. These men were so fierce that they kept travelers from going that way. Jesus did not speak to them first. He did not speak to the demons nor the men first. They recognized him. They begged his mercy. 
and he did not have to say a thing. The demons knew that there was a judgment coming, and they knew that Jesus was that judge. They knew this. It is only foolish man that stands before God and demands anything. For even the demons fear and tremble in the presence of the Creator. It is only foolish man that deems themselves equal to God. All else in creation bows to him, obeys him immediately. The demons feared and trembled, and he had not even spoken to them. He had not even acknowledged him, them, and he, they feared and trembled. All in this world obeys him. The demons feared and trembled. They waited for his word before they left, before they did anything. They waited for his permission. The seas obeyed him. The winds obeyed him. The whale and Jonah obeyed him. The ground poisoned the fig tree. It obeyed him. Everything in this world obeys the God that created it. Everything in this world obeys the God of heaven that created this world except for foolish man. It's fascinating. And the problem is, is man considers themselves the smart one. It is only man that denies the existence of God that makes God in their image. Only man does that. It is only man that foolishly thinks they can control God. It is only man that believes they can play by their own rules and ignore God. Only man thinks God is going to accept them no matter what. The creation, animals, trees, wind, water, everything will obeys him immediately everything bows before him except for man and he died for us we should be bowing more than anything the demons knew feared and trembled they knew they could not do anything to stop jesus from what he was going to do they knew they needed his permission to affect even a herd of swine they had to have his permission to move residents they knew who he is they know what he is, and they know how he is. They know who he is, Jesus, thou son of God. They know what he is, that he is God and he is the judge. And they know how he is, his rules, he abides by them. So they knew they were okay for that day. Because it wasn't their time yet. Oh, if only man understood and approached Jesus with the same fear and trembling. The same knowledge that we can do nothing without his permission. His plan and his allowing it. We can do nothing. Excuse me. You know what? Let me rephrase that. We should never want to do anything without his blessing, his permission, his plan, and him allowing it. Because if he ain't allowing it, if it's not in his plan, I don't want to do it. Matthew 8, 34 again. <clears throat> And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. The people of the city came out to see him. They heard of the two demon-possessed 
being relieved of the possession. They heard of the demons that talked to him and called him the son of God. They heard of how those demons went into the swine and the swine ran violently into the sea. They heard all this and they came out to rejoice, didn't they? No. No, they didn't come out to rejoice. They didn't rejoice. These folks did not want what he was selling. They lost a herd of swine. 